0: Would
1: you like to say something to the class before we begin? Hi, everybody. How did you burn? I mean, you know how it is. How did you burn? I in and wrote in and whatnot. I'm going to steal a declaration of independence. I wouldn't make you out to be a burger, not in an outfit. Put the body back in the box. All right, now loosen up. I will be damned if I didn't get really turned on
0: subsequent movie podcast cajolta Club where we have just watched the absolutely impenetrable deadfall from 1993 starring Nick Cage but um, I think before we we really dive deep here, Ryan, on Deadfall, and this is partly because people will want to know about this and partly because I don't want to talk about Deadfall, we should, I think, first um, address the elephant in the room, the bad news that we received uh, last night. Uh, Um,
1: The big racially stereotyped Oscar-nominated elephant.
0: And the yeah um I guess we're not done with Borat, right? Um, oh,
1: hearing you say, hearing you say <laughs> it like that, hearing those words come out of your mouth is ooh it yeah. makes
0: oh, oh. It could have been I, worse. It could have been worse. We have thought it was going to be worse than it was, but it's, it's still pretty yeah, bad it's is bad. the thing. It's so rough.
1: like so I was I was hanging out with people last night and I was playing Team Fortress 2 and I get the little Discord notifications up in the corner of the screen and I saw messages from you that came in like first message did you hear the bad news? Second message about Borat And I thought my heart had stopped. I I felt like I was free-falling. I felt like I was tumbling out of the sky, my brain rolling into the back of my head, my breath leaving me. Uh, I asked if it won an Oscar. You said worse. And the first two things I thought of were sequel or TV series. But it's neither of those. It's something... Else entirely.
0: Yeah. Um so last night he tweeted from his official at Borat Sagdiev account um <sighs> that uh he he had seen the Snyder Cut, and in celebration Fuck of off. the Snyder Cut, uh we were getting a new Snyder Cut-esque version of Borat 2. Uh, which sent the two of us into complete meltdown, um, basically yeah. at the thought of uh, a potentially four-hour oh. Borat two cut. Um, oh. But luckily, God uh, stepped in and he said, "No, I'm I'm still gonna punish you for your hubris, but not with a four-hour Borat." Um, instead we're getting an hour long, um, uh, movie. I, I think it, I, the way he's worded it in his follow up tweet makes mm-hmm. me think this is just like an hour-long, like, companion piece and not Borat to, but it's two yes. and a half hours long, right? Oh, um, God,
1: I will barf live on air if we have to watch a three-hour cut of this film. Like, just reprehensible. But um, he deleted the cut that he made referencing, or, or the tweet he made referencing the Snyder cut, right? Yes. Because I think it gave people the idea... That this was like a, a bonus extended version of Borat 2, right. right? And yeah, um, yeah. after they deleted that, the second one just describes it as, quote, 63-minute extra movie film footages. So it is, It is. I, I believe, as you said, just sort of an hour of, like, table scraps, I suppose? Maybe an yeah. alternate narrative, like in the... Um, in the trailer they put up on twitter it seemed that a lot of it focused more on the trump election cycle than yeah. the actual like quote-unquote story of borat 2 so maybe what they'll do is they'll release a 63 minute cut and then release the cohen cut which is all of it cut together which we will not be watching if that releases <laughs> i'm putting a line in the sand I will watch extra movie film footages. I will sit here for 60 minutes and glean one or two laughs out of bonus Borat 2 material (laughs) with God as my witness. I will not sit down to watch it a second time, cut back into that fucking movie. I'll be honest. I'll be 100% honest. I would rather have them just announced a sequel, like straight up, because I I Uh, Fucking Borat 2 was so bad that the idea that the material comes out of that makes me so scared for how shit this is going to be. Like, I would legitimately (laughs) rather watch an entirely new hour and a half experience of Borat content than watch another 63
0: minutes of Borat 2. Yeah, and I mean, like, the original trailer that he posted when he referenced the Snyder Cut, um... Uh sort of made reference to the idea that this new stuff was going to provide, like, an entirely new, like, narrative to the story, which I think is partly why people thought this was an extended thing, right? Because they were Uh kind of pitching this as, like oh, it's the real story of Borat 2 that we couldn't show before, but now we can because we won the election and Joe Biden is saying slurs on television now. Or
1: whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> Joe Biden dropped a hard F slur on TV earlier. Yeah. Oh my God. I was I I had my mic muted for most of Deadfall, but that shit made me cackle. It's so goddamn funny.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know if this is going to... Like, this 63-minute version. I don't know if it's going to be a contained narrative, if it's just going to be a bunch of, like, outtakes, like a blooper reel, except it's 63 minutes. Uh, part of the original trailer c- uh, kind of showed him, like... Um, like hunkered down being chased out of the like uh racist rally right in his like van or whatever and he's like just speaking in his normal voice breaking character so like there's maybe like a behind the scenes element to it it's it's not clear yet what exactly it is but we will be watching it and we will be Talking mm-hmm. about it for whenever
1: it is <laughs> that this drops, yeah. Again, I, I never thought I'd say this, but we are in imminent Borat uh <laughs> oh. impact. It, we were in the Borat impact zone. Uh,
0: oh, god, I'm putting,
1: I'm putting going back into my storm shelter. This could drop at literally any minute. Uh, we have no idea if it drops this week. Uh, I guess we're just going to skip a, a recording of Kagulta Club and do that instead. I guess, uh. I think we have to right like we just have to um yeah skip a week and come back to this so yeah
0: we we gotta take our medicine and you know like I'm kind of pissed at myself because just like the other day before this was announced I was thinking to myself like about the journey that we've been on uh doing this um and thinking about my mental health And wondering, like, was it better, as bad as Borat was for our mental health, was it better that it was at least something I could channel all my negativity and all my negative feelings and emotions into? Like, was Mm -hmm. I feeling them more now that I didn't have Borat to unload on every week and i feel like much <laughs> like with the first uh, movie and the way we talked about that i feel like i kind of willed this into existence so oh, I, sure i feel like now when we get this done like we're going to have to both go and see like hypnotists or something like somebody to brainwash us and just like remove all memory of borat because every time we start thinking about borat now uh-huh. He's just com- he's just coming back. And, We're
1: too powerful. We've we've legitimately tulpa'd him into existence <laughs> as as like a recurring concept. I
0: mean, you sent me that fucking screencap of like a post somebody made about like their Borat tulpa or whatever yeah. the other day as well, and it's just yeah. We, I I think we need to commit after this thing comes out to just never seriously thinking or discussing it again because it's i mean
1: until yesterday i really hadn't right like i'm not like i'm not generally thinking about borat like uh, the last time we talked about him was the oscar nominations and until yesterday i really had not seriously considered borat as a concept in in several weeks i think so do you think maybe
0: like As opposed to us willing Borat into existence. He's willing his way into our minds. I think think we've become
1: like one in the same, you know? I think I think he's like uh, kind of latched on to our souls in a particular way, where maybe we're (laughs) not directly (laughs) Maybe we're not directly responsible for this new Borat content, but I feel like as long as we are just existing, it, there's always a chance he'll come back, right? Uh, yeah. And that's fine, right? I, 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 at this point, I get the feeling there's going to be a third one at some point. I feel like it's inevitable, but we'll just have to see how the Oscars go. I am really sure he's he's gonna, win really he's gonna, he's win gonna it. it's gonna win at least one for sure yeah, absolutely yeah. I, th-
0: I think um Maria Bakalova's winning the best supporting actress and I think he's winning whatever script award or whatever he's definitely yeah. also winning for his like Abby Hoffman thing the no. um, yeah just I,
1: pretend we put the sound of like jerking off in the podcast when you said that because yeah yeah it sucks ass yeah <laughs> I'm bad. Just,
0: I'm upset, Ryan. I I don't sure. want I don't want Borat to be a part of my life anymore.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: he's going to I be know. for at least another hour.
1: <laughs> I know how this is going to go. I know it's going to start out with me being manic and really keyed up and excited to watch the movie and then within like 15 minutes I'll be like I wish I was fucking dead. I don't want to watch this
0: anymore. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I'm dreading it. And like it it could just happen any day. It could just be here.
1: Yeah, the only um the only information we have on when it's being released is quote coming soon. So I think when they did that last time, we had what about like four weeks, like a month or so until it came out.
0: Roughly, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I. When are the Oscars? Do we next week, do we next have next weekend, next Sunday? I would not be shocked if they came out on the same day or right before the Oscars did, and like next Friday maybe. Oh Christ!
0: Yeah. Oh no! Don't say that.
1: Well, I don't really get why else they would be releasing it, right? Like, it was the thing where they released the uh, first one, or or the the first Borat 2, right before the election, right? This would be their kind of follow-up where either they release it right before the Oscars or right after, after they win like three of them to get people interested in Borat 2 again. Like, oh, we won this Oscar from Oscar winner Sacha Baron Cohen. It's the uh, you know, the Borat 2 folio, the supplemental material or whatever. So, <sighs> I I think it comes out within a month from now for sure. Probably within two or three weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's as much as I don't want it to ever come out, I think it's imminent, and that's, oh, totally, that's the distressing yeah. thing about it. Like, I, I almost wish that, like, we didn't know, right? Like, that it like just appeared one Like, we just woke one up one day. morning and it was yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Just, I would rather that, I think, than having to dread the idea of him just waiting for us, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to watch this, but it is only an hour. It is only an hour, which is small mercy, but small
1: mercies for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I was pretty sure there was going to be more Borat at some point. I just thought we'd have sort of a longer lead time on it than this. Right. Like I, I, I thought it would be a sequel and I thought we'd have like another year or so, but, um, not the case not, not the, the case, case. So, so what is this shit called uh, stay tuned for our episode on where where is it where's that fucking tweet uh borat supplemental reportings retrieved from floor of stable containing ed- editing machine another real banger of a title mm-hmm.
0: so hilarious good stuff can't wait can't wait
1: so can't wait but hey speaking of Sacha sasha baron cohen we tonight watched the unequivocable worst movie we've seen since Bruno on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, the fucking dog shit pits, uh, of the,
0: the fucking community theater David Lynch wannabe ass knockoff ass fucking piece of garbage that is Deadfall. Mm-hmm. I Ryan. I do not envy you having to do the three sentence summary this week as it is a cage movie. Uh, If you would like to try, please, by all means. Yeah.
1: So, Michael Bean plays a medium time con man who accidentally kills his dad in a sting gone wrong, fleeing his father's death and finding out more about his family he discovers his long-lost uncle in california he goes to visit and comes into contact with his uncle as well as his weird popper sniffing henchman played by nicholas cage and he gets embroiled into the uncle's con schemes as opposed to his dad's con schemes I know that was really stretching the definition of a single sentence, but bear with me here. (laughs) Uh, As he falls further and further into his uncle's schemes, he comes into conflict with Nicolas Cage, falls in love with a beautiful woman, and discovers that everything is not as it seems, period. That is about as much detail as I can possibly provide on this interminable film, which is just nigh impossible to approach from any (laughs) angle whatsoever.
0: (laughs) I mean, like, Michael Bean, who is the star of this movie, is approaching this movie, which is directed by Nicolas Cage's brother, Christopher Coppola... Um, with about the level of enthusiasm that you can hear in my voice for this movie or for an extended Borat 2 cut, um, Mm -hmm. like, right off the bat, like, he is so bored, he does not give a shit that he is in this, he does not want to be here, nobody wants to be here, no, nobody wants to be here. Nobody wants to be here.
1: I can only assume this movie was made by Christopher Coppola calling in every possible favor owed to him all at once. Yeah. Like, Michael Bean is in this. Nick Cage is in this. Fucking Charlie Sheen is in this. Angus Scrim is in this for some reason. The tall man from Phantasm. Just a real odd motley crew of of b-listers and character actors and shit like that it is i i I think it would be pretty accurate to call it the room of neo-noir but i think the room is a much more entertaining movie
0: yeah like it it looks like the room right like it has that same like very weird lighting that same Uh like style of Like a TV soap opera, almost. Yeah, almost, but, like, even cheaper, somehow. Like, like, somewhere between, like, a TV Mm -hmm. soap opera and, like, hotel softcore porn. Like, it's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's so just, like... It's just weird and cheap-looking. Like, it looks like they're walking around on theater sets like it's lit very strangely like we said nobody cares that they're in this movie nobody wants to be here so none of the performances are any good except for one which we'll get to and that's Nick Cage um you know like it just has this real odd vibe to it that you could if you had talent like make something out of but yeah. this is Christopher Coppola, and so you have no talent there behind the camera. So it's just—it's like mess.
1: It's like a fourth of the way to being a David Lynch movie, right? Yeah. It, it has, it has that sort of weirdness to it, but it lacks any of the framing. It lacks any of the emotion. It doesn't understand why or what makes his movie so uncanny and compelling, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing to this movie that exists beyond the surface level, even though it definitely thinks it's a very, like, cerebral, like, twisting, bizarre narrative. And it's not, right? Like, this is... um. I think at some point I said this would be like if Kevin Smith made a neo-noir. Yeah. And I almost feel like having watched the whole thing, that's kind of an in- insult to Kevin Smith. Like, this uh, yeah. this, this movie's rough. And it's not rough in that there's not ideas because it's very clear Christopher Coppola had a, had a vision for this film, but he is completely unable to communicate it in a way that makes any sense whatsoever or conveys any of the like themes or sort of points or interests that he had, you know. It it, it really feels like it was made by a 12-year-old in some places, right? Like 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 a like a 12-year-old who caught part of like a Twin Peaks episode or like the Dick Tracy movie or like Lost Highway or something like that. And just kind of banged a script out, you know. See, Uh,
0: I was I was gonna say it kind of like feels to me like a subreddit made a movie. Um, Oh, okay, yeah. Or or like somebody took like a bunch of like scripts from like all of David Lynch's screenplays and fed them into an algorithm and said, "Make me a movie."
1: You know, like it's
0: it 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 wants very. Much to be that kind of style, and like the characters talk like that, like somebody who kind of has seen Lynch's stuff but doesn't really understand any of it and doesn't know mm-hmm. how to read themes or anything would think characters talk and act or like somebody who just like watched a jim jarmusch movie for the first time and was like oh coffee and cigarettes now that's art i'm gonna make a movie like that like yeah. it's just it's yeah it just i i don't know what the word i'm looking for here is but it just it's, it's, sloppy, tr- it's right. sloppy it is yeah it's trying for something and it's very earnestly grabbing at it but it also kind of doesn't know what it is that it's grabbing for or it doesn't no. really understand the works that it's like deriving inspiration from, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It is taking all these disparate elements of neo noir and kind of shaking them up because you you've got you've got a lot in here that sounds good on paper, I think, right? Like con gone wrong, you know, death, death, during a con, right, beautiful, blonde femme fatale, uh evil like like long lost twin brother, diamond hustler with a robot arm, a pool man like a like a billiards guy who may actually be the devil, you know there's there's a henchman who's who's always kind of weird and you can't really trust him and that kind of thing, and so much of this, I think like. Rest just at the most basic level of conception and just kind of made it into the movie that way. Like, this is the first draft of a first draft. And sure, I it's one of those things where you kind of just have to assume, you know, Chris Coppola had some power, had some, you know, name recognition, and just managed to get this movie made, right? And I, um, I don't think it ever gels into anything cohesive. I don't think you're ever engaged in the narrative because the narrative is never established. The whole thing is papered over by this Michael Bean voiceover who sounds like he's recording this like on the toilet basically. <laughs> like just just the most bored a man has ever been. Yeah. I I I just feel like there is an idea here, but the most disappointing part is that almost like Coppola doesn't crib enough right he cribs this really basic stuff but you don't get any like neo noir like camera movements like framing camera work none of the lighting or anything like that it, it's just so bare bones but at the same time so clearly self-assured and ambitious despite being totally incomprehensible I it's in a it's in a weird balance right and it's adds up to something that's not very fun to watch, even though it seems like most people in this film are determined to ruin it for everybody else. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we came to the agreement within about five minutes of him showing up that Nick Cage in this movie... Is actively trying to sabotage it. Basically, it's like wild, it's unbelievable. Like,
1: <laughs> like I said, I said talking about this from my memory of it because I probably watched this for the first time when I was like sixteen or seventeen. Right? Sure, sure. My my idea of this was this is Cage at his at his like most unrestrained level, and I think it is. But at the same time there's it's almost too much to enjoy for most of the film and there's very clearly to me at least like this very bored antagonism to it which i think is what makes his performance in this movie so interesting which is that he is giving it all but at the same time he clearly does not give a shit about this film like it is it, it is like him saying okay okay chris You want me to act crazy? Oh, you want me to act crazy? You think it's funny that I act crazy in my movies? Well, here's me acting crazy. I hope you fucking choke on it, right? Right, Like, that is is almost how he feels in this because his performance is so unapproachable and just like bizarre to the point of overwhelming that it's not even like Vampire's Kiss where you can like laugh at it. It's almost like what you just kind of gape your mouth at it. Like what the fuck happened here? Like what was going on behind the scenes to get this man to act this way?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like at least with vampires kiss or whatever, you can say, okay, sure. He's acting like a lunatic in this movie, but it fits what the movie is about. It fits the themes of the movie. It is the way this person would act like, there's a coherency to the performance, even though it is, like, over the top and crazy, because he is going for something very obvious in the way that he's, you know, presenting this man's mental breakdown. But here he's just all over the place from the minute he shows up. He is at, like, zero one second and, and like, a hundred the next. He's screaming and it's speaking softly. Like, there is no rhyme or reason to anything that he's doing there is no consistency to the character except for the fact that there is no consistency, right? Like that's the only consistent thing about it. Like he is just, it feels like he is improvising the entire time. It feels like he was like, you may be my brother, Chris, and you may be technically the director of this movie, but I'm going to do whatever (laughs) the fuck I want to do. And you're going to like it because I'm Nick Cage and I'm the biggest star in this thing. Like it's, it's it's a wild performance, but it is also incredibly entertaining because it's so wild.
1: Yeah, and, totally. Uh, it is impossible to chart the choice that he is making at any given time on screen. Exactly. Like a lot of his performance. Um, I think seems to be informed by the idea of his character like always being strung out on pills or like sniffing poppers or like doing stimulants or, you know, being, being drugged in some way or another. And I think there is, there is some interview by him where he, you know, talks about this performance and he's like, Oh, it made sense because he's a, you know, he's a hustler and he's always ready to like change his personality or something like that. I mean, I don't fucking know. Right. The the man, will say anything about these characters and who knows how how uh, true it is or not but his he's got this like wig he's got this prosthetic nose th- these fake teeth like these sunglasses just 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 all kinds of bizarre choices when he's not wearing his sunglasses he's always like sweating his eyes rolled into the back of his head I, I he, the way he speaks is impossible to emulate. He's got an accent. And he's always slurring his words and like going up and down with the tone of his voice. It's it, it's like the wheels are coming off, right? <laughs> it's just uncontrollable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's there is no rhyme or reason to it, right? Like it is just Mm-hmm. Going for it, whatever came into his mind, what like not even whatever came into his mind. It's like pure instinct that we're seeing oh, him. Totally, do, right? yeah. Like there is yeah. n- there is no part of it that even really makes you think that he thought about what he was doing. He's just he's just rolling with it, and it's it's the only thing that's in any way, shape, or form memorable about this movie. Totally,
1: yeah. Yeah. I I like I don't remember anything like any other lines from this movie, but when he's in the apartment, like, fucking hangers, man, and he's throwing the clothes hangers around, like, it, it is a performance solely to be experienced on, like, you know, top ten craziest Nick Cage performances yeah. or, or yeah. like, Nicolas Cage losing his shit or that kind of thing. Uh, just just all, <laughs> all over the place. And the worst part is that, he dies, I think, about 45 minutes into this movie, right? About, about that, um, yeah. A little over halfway through, he kidnaps Michael... I, I don't even remember any of the character names in this, aside it's, from um, Lou, Lou... Lou, 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 right? something.
0: Lou is, uh, Lou is um, Michael Bean's uncle. Uh-huh. Uh I don't I don't even remember what Michael Bean's name it's is. It's like Joe. I think Joe, it's just that's Joe. That's right, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's just Joe.
1: So so Nicholas Cage's character Eddie kidnaps Lou. He has him held hostage in like a food truck stand for some reason. Michael Bean uh, puzzles out that this is happening. Uh, he runs over to stop Nick Cage, and he does this great dive over oh, the front the counter of the food stand. He does like a human torpedo. It's
0: over it's the, the shittiest looking dive you'll ever see because it legitimately <laughs> looks like somebody took like a dummy and just threw it at Nick Cage, right? Because yeah, it's, totally, it's just totally limp, just like falling at Nick Cage. It's like in um. In Jim uh, Cotta, if you've ever seen that, where they throw the dummy off the off the cliff or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's the same vibes of just like we're just gonna throw a dummy at Nick Cage and it's gonna be him getting tackled or whatever. But, I kind of yeah. wish
1: this movie took itself less seriously like that, yeah. right? Because I think I think the problem is that it's such a goofy, like unsupportable premise that is just played completely straight and whiffs at every single turn. But um. Yeah, uh, Michael Bean shows up to stop Nick Cage from killing his uncle. Uh, they have like a grapple fight. Michael Bean rips off Nicholas Cage's wig, and you see his like bald head. He 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 um he's almost uh, like Tommy Peru or, or Bobby Peru, excuse me, not not Tommy Peru, uh at, at, like Bobby Peru levels of repulsiveness at this point. And then Michael Bean like shoves Nicholas Cage's head into deep fryer. And he comes out looking like that woman that got laser blasted in Halloween 3, and the, <laughs> the bugs crawl out of her mouth. So uh, he disappears about halfway through. And for the rest of this film, there is just nothing to hold on to. No life preserver, no port in stormy seas. You're just left with Michael Bean being the most boring motherfucker alive. Charlie Sheen shows up with his single, like, Coke Nail for some reason. <laughs> they give his character a Coke Nail. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks like the devil. He plays billiards and talks about Mark Twain. He's like Minnesota uh,
0: Fats, right? Like, he introduces himself as yeah. Fats, um, which is... He's like a fucking... Minnesota
1: Fats that fucks, you know? Yeah, uh, he's got this, like, weird cheetah print red jacket. Uh, and then the whole thing pre- predicates itself for the last half on... This con that Joe and Lou are running where they try to swindle Angus Scrim out of some diamonds by pretending to shoot his uncle. And Angus Scrim shows up. He has, like, a crab claw for some reason. Like, these, like, bejeweled scissors for an arm.
0: Yeah, because, like... It's a
1: real odd left turn for this film.
0: Because part of the con, right, is that he purposely loses in billiards to Charlie Sheen and he's like, Oh, I don't have the money, but I have this twenty-five thousand dollar diamond watch, which he gets taken by Drill then, uh into <laughs> Yeah, we gotta talk about this, into God. Angus Scrim, um and that's how they like set up the fake diamond deal basically. Um it's- which
1: incomprehensible yeah
0: and the diamond deal goes wrong and Lou gets killed during the deal and then it turns out that Joe's dad was in on it all along and he wasn't really dead and there's a whole conspiracy to kill fucking Lou because Lou killed Joe's hot mom who looks exactly like the lady that Joe has been fucking after she left Nick Cage for Joe it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it, it is just soup. It's absolute sloop. Soup. Yeah.
0: But, you, yeah, yeah, we mentioned a, a drill there, and you said there was nothing in the latter half of this movie to hold on to, but this guy is, like, probably one of my favorite, like, shitty, nothing-happening henchmen in a movie ever, I think. Because he's just, like... He's, like, a middle-aged dude wearing sunglasses. He's, like, got a tank top on, even though he's completely, like, like he's just, like, got skinny little arms. He's chubby. He's aggressively balding, middle-aged man. He looks like Drill. And he's, he's just wonderful. Like, watching him try to struggle to open this briefcase, which I believe... To have been like the actor or the person playing this character actually legitimately struggling to open the briefcase and not like, yeah, you know, direction or anything, or the like complete like fucking weird like Sean Roberts power stance that he's got going on. He's he's just wonderful. Like he's he was he was my port in the storm uh, towards the end of this movie.
1: <laughs> Yeah, totally. Every time he shows up is very funny. Like he looks like um if you've ever seen those memes where it's like the uh, the Feels guy or whatever it's called where he has like the <laughs> yeah. hair on his head and like the sunglasses and the tank top. He looks exactly like yeah. that. Yeah. It's so good. This entire cast is 50% people who owed Chris Coppola a favor and 50% LA community theater actors and it's incredibly good. Um there's a lot of titties in this movie. A I gotta titties, say, a lot of titties. You know, I, I won't. I won't lie. You know, I, I am a fan. I enjoy seeing a titty or two now and then. But uh, this movie was not the time nor place for it. I gotta say,
0: no. None uh, of it
1: was sexy. None of it was erotic. It was all kind of queasy and bad to
0: see. the <laughs> so. The sex scene between Michael Bean and. I don't even know what this woman's name is who plays who plays, no who plays uh, the love interest because um, I have never seen her in anything before. Um, they have this weirdly lengthy sex scene which is full of titties. Uh, there's numerous scenes at the world's worst strip club where there is lots of titties. At one point, there's a character introduced named the baby, which is why the they go, which is why they go to the strip club to get money from the baby, because he owes Lou or whatever. Um, yeah, just a just a lot of titties that I mm-hmm. I I wasn't expecting. I know, like you know, neo noir often you're gonna see some titties, but. There, there was a lot more than I than I thought, and a lot more yeah. explicitly than I thought. Like watching Nick Cage oh, totally, shove yeah. his hands just like into some faceless woman's breasts, and just like mime tit fucking her with like a dollar bill or whatever. Just mm-hmm. bizarre cinema, but uh yeah,
1: a, I think the horny um, movie yeah weird film I think the uh the sex scene was kind of another like room kind yeah. of vibe to me because Michael bean spends most of it in his boxer
0: yeah he does he does <laughs> oh but god it, it's it, it, much like the room it also has that same like bad hotel porn uh it's got the quality. it's got the
1: hotel porn it has like all the weird like um you know soft fades uh, yeah. you could you could put the soundtrack from the room over that and i think it'd be perfectly fine yeah. it felt like it felt less like a sex scene and like two insects rolling around in a plastic container trying to escape to me like there was just <laughs> no fluid fluid motion to it whatsoever It felt pained and unfortunate like most of this film, so... Yeah, this was two very, very
0: very uncomfortable actors having to mimic... Mm -hmm. sex on screen who were clearly not enjoying it there is a really funny shot at the start of it where they're just in their underpants just laying there yeah we thought that it was just going to be like a oh it's just a boxers on sex scene or whatever before all the titty for most Um, of it
1: most of it it was but at least at least for michael bean but um yeah it's so hard to find anything to talk about with this film because cage's performance is the only thing worthwhile whatsoever and even then If you've ever wondered how much Cage is too much Cage, I think Deadfall is the answer to that one, right? I I, I think this is really, I would say for me, the upper level on tolerable amounts of Nicolas Cage trademark uh, zaniness, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's weird in a way, right? Because he is the best thing in the movie, but yeah, like... He can't stop it from dragging, and you are still kind of sick of him, even though he gets killed mm. off. Like with forty-five minutes left in the movie, it's it's just it's just not a worthwhile movie in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, no, there there really is so little to talk about. Like, I'm just trying to like rack my brain, and the only other thing I can think of is the hilariously tiny gravestone at the start. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the like foot tall gravestone yeah if even that like and it's you had commented before and you were like that grave seems really small and then it cuts and you see the gravestone which is even tinier than the little grave yeah. that they're that they're digging yeah
1: like when it, they they shoot most of the funeral scene from behind the gravestone and this is the dad's funeral at the beginning right yeah, yeah. and so you just see the dudes shoveling the dirt in and you're like that seems kind of small but it cuts away and you're like oh whatever. Then you see uh, what's her face come by and lay a rose on the grave, and it's like, no, that is like truly eleven inches tall. Yeah, they uh, they couldn't afford to buy him a real grave, I guess he he skimped out on that part of the plan. But um, I do think one of my favorite parts of this movie that is eventually kind of forgotten as it drags on is during the opening sting where the you know the heist goes wrong and Michael Bean shoots his dad the dad has this incredible death gurgle oh, as he yeah. dies which is just like straight out of community theater shakespeare it's so good i i can't even replicate it because i barely remember but he's like
0: it's kind of like a death gurgle you would hear in like an 80s action movie where like Arnie is just mowing down dudes and there's just guys going like uh uh or whatever right like it's For the sure, same kind yeah. of thing um yeah i think the only other thing i really remember about the movie which is kind of damning is mm-hmm. god that ending fucking sucks where oh yeah the on, ending where they're is on the carousel horrible and like yeah. th- his dad is like revealing all the plan to him and he's got the briefcase of money and Joe's pulled the dad's gun on him and he's like oh I bet it's just blanks isn't it dad and then he pulls the trigger and tries to shoot him which like it's just blanks and the dad like drops the briefcase and it opens and he goes down and starts picking the money up as Joe just like walks the fuck off and you're just like well great that was completely yeah. unsatisfying. Like
1: they did not know how to end this film.
0: They did not uh, know how to end this movie. They did not it, know it, how to stitch a scene from one to the, to the next no, in this fucking absolutely movie. Absolutely
1: not. This is a movie written by somebody who thinks that a twist is the most important thing you can do to a film narratively. Like yeah. that they like that is like the highest possible thing that you can put in a film to be dramatic. And the whole movie is sort of written in service of that and the twist doesn't even make any sense at all so it's a complete waste of time
0: no it's it's completely stupid the 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 fact that part of the twist was also that like oh the woman that he's fallen in love with was actually the woman pretending to be his mom at the gravesite earlier is so bad like you would n- nearly forget that was, like, even a plot point, right? Like, that he looks back at the grave and he sees her... He sees his mom lay the rose down or whatever. Like... Uh-huh. That I- entire, like, romance subplot and the way it plays into the twist is completely just... nonsensical. It really made me annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there's just so little to grab onto, and so little of interest in this fucking movie that. I, I I think you're right. I think it is probably the actual worst movie we've done since Bruno, which is.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like even um, something. <laughs> even Urban Cowboy at least had Scott Glenn in the mesh shirt, right? Like yeah, had a dude get incinerated,
0: they're... right? Like yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely, Like even Nicolas Cage at his most, I am going to ruin this movieist just can't do anything to save this ship from completely sinking. Right? right. Right. Like even, even by the time that it gets to the point where he dies, you're sick of this film. And I think his intro is pretty funny. Like Michael Bean sits down, you just see this dude with this awful haircut and like a sunglasses and, and the mustache and all that. And you're just, you immediately have this moment where you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, is this really what this is? And then he comes up to Michael Bean and he's like, pick a card. His voice in this is like somewhere between the Joker and Willem Dafoe on Quaaludes. <laughs> it's really, it's really impossible to... It is. Impersonate or place or describe. <laughs> like I mean, if I think it, he did a
0: decent job. I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah, bad. he's got
1: this like ah, like this ah, 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 kind of this like I don't even know what the word to 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 properly convey it would be, but um, he doesn't even have any good quotes in this movie. He just says fuck a lot and yells yeah. and says it says a slur one time. And uh, he's like, "Oh, someone tried to kill me, man! Someone tried to kill me! And uh, that's kind of his whole thing. So there's a part where he yells fuck, and there's a guy in a t-shirt behind him that says fuck on it. Uh, For whatever reason, he gets, like, assaulted by a dude in a fake beard, who I guess is an assassin. Which is not a plot line that ever comes up again.
0: (laughs) That whole assassin, like... The assassin shows up a couple of times earlier on in the movie and you see him with his, like, fake beard or whatever. And then at some point, he just tries to kill Nick Cage and Nick Cage kills him instead. And it's over like that. And you're like, well, I guess that was part of the movie. Uh, I don't know how that tied into everything else. It just feels like, (laughs) I don't know.
1: I guess the, the, like, implication of it is that Nicolas Cage is becoming increasingly paranoid that Lou is trying to replace him as his lackey with uh, Michael Bean, right? Yeah, yeah. But that still doesn't explain why the assassin was built up so much to begin with, not even starting from Nicolas Cage. He starts by following Michael Bean around. Yeah. So, like, where did this guy come from? Why is he here? What? It, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? None of it matters. Nothing in this movie matters. But it's just one of those things where it's clearly an idea for, like, oh, it's a cool scene where Nicolas Cage, you know, kills this guy, like, American History X, like, curb stomp, car door style, right? Right. But um, there's no thought put into it beyond that, I think. It it, it is Paul W.S. Anderson's looks cool, but in the worst and most uninspired way possible, so...
0: Yeah, it, it's it's Paul W. S. Anderson idea, but without any of the charm, or, yeah, or totally. any of the. I was gonna say without any of the freaks, but I mean there, there's plenty of freaks. There are some real freaks in freaky, this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a different kind of freaks. Uh, PWSA has his own type of freak he likes to he likes to use. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie sucks shit. Uh, don't watch it. I think is pretty safe uh, to say, right?
1: Yeah, if you are really curious. Just go look up, like, Deadfall Nicholas Cage on yeah. YouTube, and I'm sure there's plenty of compilations of him going off the rails in this.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's really the only way you should watch this movie, is if you can find just a super cut of all of Nick Cage's scenes and moments, because he's the only thing worth seeing, really, because Drill Guy doesn't talk at all, he doesn't say anything, he just stands there and looks like Drill. Um... Yeah. yeah it's i feel like this was an endeavor this movie was an endeavor that i uh was doomed from the start i wish we hadn't had to watch it but whatever we did it it's short at least yeah. right like it's short that's yeah good.
1: we we needed a we needed a couple of movies to fill out the cage filmography right and i guess yeah. um I guess we could have like watched a couple more near the back half, but we needed to sort of even it out between the beginning and end, uh, end halves. And so, you know, I remembered him being pretty wild in this movie. I remembered it not being that great, but I think it was about as bad, if not worse than I remember it. So womp womp, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you told me that you expected me to hate it and I did hate it. Uh, so you were <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and I can't believe I have to say this, but I think this is worse than Borat.
1: <laughs> I would have rather have watched the sixty-three-minute cut of the Borat yeah. two footage than watch yeah. this one hundred percent. And that's no question,
0: God, that just that hurts. That hurts. it does.
1: It does. Yeah.
0: Like, why couldn't this week have been like I don't know fucking blowout or something you know like why <laughs> sure. couldn't why couldn't the borat news have happened like when we were doing raising arizona or something i don't fucking know like why can sure be doing on a good week um mm-hmm. but something i did love about this movie was nick cage's wig now, yes I'm, I'm feeling on the wigometer here i'm feeling like we're pretty high up well really it depends like are we scoring high because it's bad or are we scoring it low because it's bad because it's bad but it's like like it's terrible but i love it still you know
1: i love it so i'm scoring it high and i'm not only scoring it high because his wig is good but i'm scoring it high because it being a wig is a plot point in the film itself which i love yeah like like he gets it torn off and he gets pissed and then tries to kill michael bean which is always funny uh, I'm gonna give it like a strong nine on this one, you know. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I'd give it the full ten, but it is. It is certainly in the upper echelons of the hair that we've seen from him so far.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about an eight or a nine as well. I I liked it a lot. It is the first real um example of just bad Nick Cage hair, which is kind of where we are now from here on out with him. Yeah, we're um, we're ramping
1: up to it. I think we've got a couple like a couple more movies of him with like a normal hairstyle and then we just kind of tip over into oblivion.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I'm I am super excited for, honestly. Um mm-hmm. so yeah what are you given this? I think I know the answer. Um
1: out of uh, five
0: out-
1: <laughs> Out of five, what, bad wigs, bad, bad nose wigs, prosthetics? Five,
0: yeah. Five I'm
1: w- gonna give this a solid one star. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I'm gonna give it the one star because I, I, I'm kind of judging it as a metric of other films I've watched this year, right? Like like my one star movies so far this year have been like Valley Girl, Urban Cowboy, Monkey Up, you know like Staying Alive, and I think this is worse than all of those, but my bottom five on Letterboxd right now are all half stars, and that is In Order, Lady in the Water, Come True, A Gnome Named Norm, Norm of the North, and Crystal Shadow, and I would rather watch Deathfall than any of those five films, so it gets the full star instead of the half star for me. I I think there is... Just enough to eke it into being something I would watch again if I absolutely had to, but not being as bad as some of the other just shit I've watched this year. so it is still it is still like the worst of the it's the bottom of the barrel, right it's it's bottom six, so you know
0: yeah i'm I'm kind of now like look also looking at like everything I've watched this year and i'm looking this at this film my, is
1: so Deathfall is so hard to sit through though
0: it is I don't know. is the thing but like as i look at the at the bottom 5 for me i i'm, I'm specifically looking at my fourth uh, lowest of the year um, which is twilight eclipse uh-huh. um and I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at at the number three worst for the year, which is Rob Schneider's most recent stand up special, uh, Asian Mama oh, and Mexican Kids. And no. I'm and uh, I'm kind I'm kind of thinking it goes in between Eclipse and the Rob Schneider. I'd say uh, so.
1: I would say so. Definitely worse than Eclipse for me. Uh, I have never seen any rob schneider's solo joints but i have to imagine it's better than most of those
0: well i mean the only two things that i have worse than uh, rob schneider's stand-up special are big stan which also stars rob schneider which is a movie where he plays a con artist who is going to be sent to jail and so he learns kung fu from david carradine so he won't get assaulted in jail um, which is about as funny as you think it is. And the worst movie I have down here so far is Money Plane, starring Kelsey Grammer wow. and WWE Superstar you, so, you
1: put a gnome named Norm above Twilight Eclipse?
0: Uh, as, as it stands right now, a gnome named Norm is better than those movies, as well as better than Urban Cowboy. Um uh, Crime scene the <laughs> Crime Scene The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is a garbage fucking awful documentary on Nick I believe I
1: believe that. I believe it's better um, than that.
0: And Running with the Devil, which is a, a one of the um one of the Nick Cage like infinite like mid to, to, mid tens uh movies that he made, which also stars Larry Fishburne um and uh, Scientology's Barry Pepper from Battlefield Earth which uh stay tuned for that one um I
1: so. res- I respect you putting Norm above those I do not think it's better than Urban Cowboy but that is not an that is not an argument we need to have No we're
0: we we are not quite on uh Norm club yet um and I hope we <laughs> never are.
1: No I can't watch that movie again
0: oh uh, God.
1: That, that was that was about as boring as deadfall was
0: yeah but i i think the um the war song at the end uh, is a little bit more memorable sure uh, yeah but fuck this movie i hate deadfall and i don't want to watch it again ever and i hope i never see it again
1: and it i've already forgotten
0: it all anyway so it doesn't matter
1: yeah we're done. We're done with this fucking movie. I still don't know what deadfall means. I have no idea what the definition of that is.
0: Because when you get shot, you fall down dead. There you go. Damn. That's true. Wow. Amazing. Fucking amazing. So, Ryan, next week, uh, provided that we are not uh, dealing with a Borat emergency again, uh, we'll be back On Kajolta Club, we'll be back with our boy, uh, John Travolta. The final of his films we're going to be watching before his career revival in Pulp Mm -hmm. Fiction. We're, we're spending some time with John Travolta, with Kirstie Alley, and with a baby voice by Bruce Willis. Um... I keep
1: forgetting that the baby is voiced by Bruce Willis. The baby
0: is voiced by Bruce Willis. It's 1989's Look Who's Talking. God. I'm dreading seeing this movie again. John
1: Travolta was in all of the sequels to that, too. He
0: was in all three of them. He was. He had a real uh, rough run there for a while. Um, Yeah, I, I mean... Mm-hmm. that baby's gonna talk and it's gonna sound like bruce willis
1: i don't know anything about this movie i'm afraid it will kill me so th- we'll see I what happens
0: i think it might i saw it when i was a very young child i'm pretty sure uh mm-hmm. i don't remember much about it but god i'm scared um but yeah until then uh ryan as always you have another podcast where can people find that
1: yeah my other podcast is Emoji Drome. i do that with sylvie from friends at the table where we take a different emoji every week and talk about it uh so that's pretty cool i don't know why i hesitated like that but you know just <laughs> thinking about emoji yeah. i guess yeah uh, you can also find me on twitter at curse or on letterboxd at sewer peak p-e-a-k niall what are you up to
0: Uh, You can find me on Letterboxd as well at EmoChrist. We have a show, Twitter, at Borat Club. You can contact us via email at boratclubcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a like, a rating, a review, wherever you get podcasts. Please tell a friend. As always, we're not uh, part of a network. We're not affiliated with anybody. We don't um, advertise the show anywhere. So really, the only way this spreads is via word of mouth. And we appreciate so much when people do that. Um, Yeah, next week, as we said, 1989's Look Who's Talking, Kirstie Alley, John Travolta, Bruno. uh, It's going to kill us, uh, but like I said, uh, it may also be Borat. Uh, (laughs) We hope not, but Mm. one of these days it's going to be Borat instead of Cajolta Club, so keep an eye out for that i guess but until then ryan as always thank you so much uh for doing this with me i'm so sorry that we have wrought this horrible horrible Uh, crime that is borat back into the world
1: it's fine but
0: yeah um until next time whatever it is whether it's the baby or the borat take care of yourself and we'll see you soon
1: see you soon